Okay, so can you tell me your name, please? Uh, my name is Asami. Okay, and do you have a uh, cheap tip for us? Yes. So when you go to supermarket, there are something that you can buy below 10 yen. What? You mean like like chocolate or snacks or something? No, no, no. It's actually the vegetable. It's called moyashi. Uh, bean sprouts. Yeah. yeah, bean sprouts. Yeah. With bean sprouts, you can do anything basically. You cook with the right uh, soy sauce, or you can cook with a like a uh, Chinese sauce. Yeah. You can just boil it, or you can bake, or whatever you want to do. And yeah, that's that will you know that will fill up your stomach. Okay, so you can eat moyashi for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, yeah, if you want. Yeah, it will be like a thirty yen per per day. What? Yeah. Great. Cool. Thank you very much. No problem. My name's Peter MacArthur. Don't buy the beer. What? Buy the fake beer, the synthetic stuff. It's called Haporshu in Japanese. My wife and I. We did some real double-blinded taste tests. You know, glass A, glass B, which tastes better? And the, the results were startlingly clear. The Haporshu tastes better than the real thing. What? My favorite is actually the Santori Rich Malt, but you should try a few and see which you like. Okay, Naoko, do you have um, some cheap advice for us? Yes, I have. Uh, if you want to live in Tokyo really cheap way, you have to eat really cheap. You have to cook yourself. You can go to the store 30 minutes before they close. Then price went down. Really big difference. Like sometimes uh, under 50% of what? Do you, do you have a favorite store? Wherever kind of market, big store, chain store. What kind of things do you buy? Vegetable and meat and fish. Then you have to cook yourself. But everything is under half price. What? Great tip. You're working. Welcome to Tokyo Cheapo Podcast. Think Tokyo is expensive? Well, think again. All the best tips for visiting and living in Tokyo on a pittance. Cheap sushi, cheap sausages, cheap dates, cheap dogs, cheap hotels, cheap holidays, cheap sumo, cheap salads, cheap bikes, cheap booze, cheap chicken. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and cheapos, to another Tokyo Cheapo podcast. I'm Chris Kirkland, and joining me today is my cheapo partner in crime, Mr. Greg Lane. Hello, Greg. Hello, Chris. How, How are, are you doing? Pretty good. I've um, been enjoying um, a couple of the uh, places we've reviewed recently for uh, for drinks, but I'll, I'll mention that a bit later on. Marvellous. There's been uh, countless articles about cheap beer on the site, I notice. Uh, yeah, at least a couple. Well, this week we're going to be talking about how to be a cheapo gourmet at home. So we've mentioned uh, a few eateries where you can eat good food on the cheap, but we're going to talk about some uh, extra thrifty tips for how to save money and eat well at home. Before we do that, we're going to start with our regular feature, which is the cheapo eat. So we're all about eating this episode. Actually, the, the, what I want to mention today is the uh, one place called Omohara Beer Forest, which is a kind of like a beer terrace in Amotesando. So um, if you're familiar with the Amotesando area, it's on the corner of Meiji Dori and Amotesando. So um, it's kind of like really central in, in like the Harajuku area. And uh, it's on top of a building called the Tokyo Plaza, which kind of replaced the, the gap 
building if you if you know that kind of area and uh, on top of there they've got a, a really interesting kind of uh, wooden terrace area with seats and lounges and sun umbrellas and, and you know tables and stuff and there's a little kiosk in the middle selling uh, uh, craft beer so you can get uh, like a, I think there's six varieties of uh, craft beer from a, a uh, small craft beer brewery in, in uh, Kanagawa called Sankt Gallen. Nice. So you can you can try uh, grapefruit beer and uh, pineapple beer and uh, plain old uh, you know uh, there's a gold nail and there's all sorts of things. So um, if you're into beer, or, I mean it's actually the interesting thing about it is it's not like a regular beer garden. It's more like the the one in, you know you mentioned in Shibuya how you went up and uh, ordered stuff from the the vending machine. It's kind of the same. This is just a terrace, so you could, you know, buy something from the convenience store and go up and eat it. There's no one, no one's going to stop you. It's yeah. just a, a place to hang out. Proper cheapo style. Bring yep. your own. I actually thought that it was like part of Starbucks because there's a Starbucks there as well. But evidently, it's just a an open, a whatever you want, a Starbucks terrace, a beer terrace, a bring your own shoe high from the convenience terrace. Mm-hmm. It's a cheapo terrace. It is. And it's a fantastic spot at night. It's um, you know nice and cool with the breeze, and you get all the buildings around you. And and the other great thing about it is not many people know about it yet. So it's still um, you know there's no big long lines or crazy crowds. So yeah, well recommended. And one more place uh, while we're at it is um, a place I was um, someone introduced to me called uh, Shinshu Osakimura. Um, Shinshu is another name for Nagano. So or the old, old kind of um, feudal name for Nagano. So uh, this is a fantastic little place in Shimbashi, and they have all these kind of, like a massive range of Nagano, like craft beers, at wholesale prices. So it's, uh, I mean, a lot of people are um, familiar with brands like Yona Yona and uh, Awa Oni, and these kind of, like, like, they're about 260 to 280 in a, a can, which is really good value. But they actually sell it for that with a glass in the um, in the shop. So uh, along with a, a you know about four, there's probably at least thirty other beers they've got on, on, available, and they're all uh, super cheap. So it's a it's an awesome place. And the other other interesting thing about that uh, that, that store is it's in this building called the uh, Shimbashi Ekimayabiru. and it's kind of um, uh, if you go towards the Yurikamome, which is the, the kind of little funny train that goes to uh, Odaiba, it's kind of on the left there, and it's, um, it looks like this kind of uh, 60s image of the future, you know what I mean? It's kind of, yeah. This, um, it was obviously very architecturally ad- advanced at the time, but now it kind of looks very aged. And, and if you go in, it's like, it's like you've kind of walked into this kind of like Showa-era Japan, like, you know, in the, the early 80s or something, it's kind of really dingy and it's, um, you know, full of all these kind of cheap sake shops and stuff. It's, it's, quite, it's quite an experience. I'd, I'd recommend it. Nice. A little um, step back in time as well as yeah, cheap yep. craft beer. Yep. And it's actually, uh, it's also famous for being the location of uh, the, the seediest, dodgiest uh, beer garden ever in Tokyo history, but it's not, in fact, unfortunately it's not there anymore. It used to be on the on the roof of that building. So, uh, what made it the seediest and dodgiest? Well, they had strippers. <laughs> <laughs> so, they they have this kind of strip show, and uh, all around that area are these massive skyscrapers. So you've got all these kind of there must be like there must have been like about five thousand office workers all looking down on this beer garden <laughs> with these um, 
another strip show going on. So it was, it was kind of uh, one of those really interesting uh, Japan experiences. That reminds me of a, um, a spring, a hot spring spa I went to when I first came to Tokyo. And for the life of me, I can't remember where it was, but it was in central Tokyo. And we were like、mm-hmm. on the roof of this building, and there was, you know, sauna and、um, onsen and whatever. And there was also an outdoor area. And、uh, I remember it was in the winter and it was, there was snow everywhere. And、uh-huh. um, I'd just been in a hot sauna. And then you go out onto the roof and there's like a hot sauna on the roof and also a cold pool. And I was kind of going to the sauna and in the cold pool. And of course, I was starkers, I was naked, as you yeah. are. But we were surrounded by office buildings and they weren't that far right, away, right. you know, just like、uh-huh. typically narrow Japanese Tokyo streets. There w a s people in、yep. their offices just like a mere 15 or 20 <laughs> meters from my balls. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Anyway, we, we, we must track that place down. We must. I want to go there again.、Yep. Okay, from cheaper eats to cheaper calendar. I gather we've got、um, a rather festive August coming up. Would you yep, like to share、yes. with us the delights of August? Right, so we're, we're, in the th- we're in the thick of the,、uh, the fireworks festivals at the moment. So, as we record this, this、uh, podcast, there's the uh, Edogawa uh, fireworks happening over in、uh, East Tokyo, and there's also the, there's one up in North Tokyo as well.、So、there's so much going on. There's probably in the Kanto Plains every weekend, there's probably five or six of these festivals. But obviously, you know, the, the Itagawa one's passed by the time you listen to this podcast. So, coming up, we have Tokyo Bay Fireworks on the 10th of August. That is a particularly popular one. And that takes place around the Harumi area, kind of a little bit to the east of、uh, the Ginza area. That's a great one because it, you can actually see it from、um, all around the bay because, you know, obviously、uh, you know, it takes place over the water. So,、um, that's well worth having a look at. Uh, and then one week after that, we have、uh, another two major festivals on the same night. So there's the Jingu Gaiyan、uh, Hanabi, which is usually, well, actually, I mean, this is a kind of a funny one because they always have it on exactly the same day every year, no matter what day of the week it is. So if it falls on a Tuesday, they have it on a Tuesday. This year, it actually falls on、uh, Saturday. So it, it clashes with the、uh, Tamagawa fireworks, which is over in、uh, Futako Tamagawa. So, it's actually on the, on the kind of the, the river that runs between、uh, Tokyo and Kawasaki. So, those are both huge festivals, and、um, they're, you know, well, you know, you, you can't go wrong with either one, really. Is wearing、uh, a yukata recommended? I guess so, if you want to get into the, the spirit of it, I guess. Yeah, prob- probably. Do you、not? have a yukata, Greg? I don't have a yukata. No, it's a, it's a bit of a shame. I have a, I have a jimbei. A jimbei? You know that? What is it? That's kind of like the traditional shorts and、um, set with the, the kind of the cardigan type, type top. I'm not sure how you describe it. Right. Yeah, so、uh, I haven't actually worn it for a while, but it's not, not that comfortable. But、um, yeah, so、um, if, I guess if you want to get into the spirit of it, why not? That's pretty much the end of the big fireworks festivals, but、uh, in the weeks following that, there is a. There's a big weekend with the Koenji Awadori Festival, which is one of the biggest、um, kind of traditional dance festivals in, in Tokyo each year. So that's on the 24th and 25th. And then right at the end of the month is another very famous fu-、um, dancing festival. It's the Saksa Samba Carnival. 
Have you managed to make your way to that at any time, Chris? I haven't, no. I've only been okay. to more traditional Japanese events in Asakusa, not the Samba right. Carnival. Yeah, I, I went there a very long time ago, like not, not long after I came to Japan, and it was, um, it was interesting, but I can't say I enjoyed it that much because it was about the same timing as, as it is this time. So it's the 31st of August, so it's, it's like the hottest day of the, the entire year. You know, it starts kind of like two o'clock in the afternoon, so stinking hot, and there's like huge crowds, and um, you know, obviously anything that large, you, you know, you have trouble getting to toilets, and there's drinks and this stuff. I mean, I come kind of putting people off, but you know, it's um, it's it's very interesting. I mean, it's, it's probably, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the biggest samba carnival outside of Brazil. Wow, because it's it's just enormous. Obviously, you know, Japan has a big um, like. Brazilian diaspora and there's lots of Brazilians in, um, in Japan as well. And, and the other interesting thing about that, that carnival is the, um, the biggest, uh, most beautiful um, camera lenses that you've ever seen. Yeah. Like these, these people, t you know, they, they set up with these, uh, these huge long um, zoom lenses. And I've got absolutely no idea because the dancers are only like about five or six meters away. These are the guys that spend um, 500,000 yen on camera equipment for Hanami every year. They're just looking for other things to take photographs of. I'm sure we've all seen during Hanami, you've got all these guys just with serious money spent on equipment, their wife kind of carrying it as their assistant. <laughs> and then right. just to take pictures of close up single cherry blossoms. And uh, right. Anyway, they obviously want to break their equipment out at any opportunity possible. And I think some uh, uh, busty young female dancer might qualify in this case. I guess so. Maybe, yeah, maybe they're taking a, a photo way down the, the street somewhere. But anyway, it's, it's interesting. Splendid. Cool. Well, a, a rather festive August. Festive and sweaty. So let's, yep. um, let's move on to our main feature, which is being a cheapo gourmet at home. I thought we'd kick off talking about some general principles about how to um, cook at home on the cheap. Perhaps the biggest takeaway for me is um, if you fall in line with the standard sort of Japanese diet and you're doing Japanese style cookery, generally it's going to be a lot cheaper. It's the uh, imported um, European and Western goods which tend to uh, rack the price up. For example, if you wanted to try and make a risotto or something, you're going to spend more on the risotto rice than you are on the sum of all the other ingredients. Mm -hmm. And um, if you want to have cheese with your meal, you know, you can expect that to rack the price. Yeah, cheese up a bit. is ridiculously expensive. Yeah. But um, fortunately, there's certain items which are rather well priced in uh, Japan. Uh, fish is my um, favorite example. Is um, typically you've got really high quality fresh fish everywhere. And in my experience, it's generally as cheap or much cheaper than I find in Europe. Mm. Um, off the back of that, obviously you've got, um, you know, you could make sushi. I think um, that's worthy of its own sort of section. You know, it's very difficult to get um, sushi grade fresh fish in most parts of the world. You know, yep. it's all frozen or it, you need to cook it. You can't eat it raw, really. Whereas yep. in yep. Um, pretty much any supermarket in Japan, you've got um, fish that's ready to be sliced up for sashimi or sushi or whatever. Mm. Yeah, that's, uh, there's one big takeaway. The other one is um, you get a lot of cured fish. Is it called himono? 
Or is it smoked, smoked and cured fish? You'll notice them. You get these fish. Oh, okay. And yep. they're kind of um, they're cut and they're kind of uh, split open and they're mm -hmm. um, they've been smoked. And typically, if you've got a, a traditional style Japanese gas um, range gas cooker in your um, mm -hmm. kitchen, you'll have the two gas hobs and you have that little sort of tray for grilling stuff. Yeah. Maybe you've yep. been sticking toast in there thinking it's a grill, but actually it's made for, usually it's made for grilling fish. Right, yeah. So you fit one right. of these um, cured fish in there and um, grill it, flip it over to the other side, and uh, yeah, delicious, nutritious, fresh meal. And typically mm -hmm. they cost, I don't know, you can get one for like less than 100 yen in some cases. So you can, you know, you can feed quite a few people on the real low budget with the uh, cured fish. Actually, another tip for fish, I mean, I, I, I'll just mention it, not that I actually do it because I'm a, a bit lazy, I guess. Um, if you buy whole fish, you can actually get them quite cheap. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Like, the, the, like places like Hanamasa, they'll actually have the whole fish with the head and the, and the tail and the, the scales and all that. And um, quite often you can get a whole fish for about 100 to 150 yen, whereas if you get you know, the steaks or, or the fillets, then it'll cost probably four to five hundred yen for the same fish. Yeah. Yeah, if, if you're good with a, a filleting knife, then that's probably worth uh, doing as well. I remember filleting some mackerel when I was a student. This is a, this is a good tip. Some fish are smellier than others. <laughs> so if you're going <laughs> right, to fillet yeah. a fish, fillet one of the less smelly ones. Mackerel is not one of the less smelly ones. My right, hands right. smelt of mackerel for about a week, I think. Yeah, if you can get salmon or something. It's kind of difficult to get a whole salmon though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Another great tip is if you go to supermarkets, uh, typically after 8, 9 p.m., I think after 9 p.m. to be safe, a lot of stuff is getting discounted. A lot of the fresh produce is getting discounted. Um, maybe not so much fun if it's like fish and seafood, but um, beef. You know, you can mm -hmm. buy some beef and just stick it in the freezer when you get home. And, um, you know, it's going to last and you can get really good deals because normally we're used to the Japanese discounts being like 5% off, mm -hmm. but, um, they, they properly discount the meat. You'll get 50% and sometimes more off. And so you can pick up some, um, you can pick some of the Wagyu, like the high quality A4 Wagyu for half price or less, and then just, uh, bung it in your freezer. So that's a, mm -hmm. that's a good little tip. So um, let's, um, there's basically the kind of theory is kind of the, um, the Japanese ingredients tend to be the cheaper ones, but um, let's talk about where to get the cheapo ingredients for a cheapo gourmet. So um, I always like, I'd say my, sorry, go ahead. I always like your story about where you get the mussels, Greg. Yeah, Hanamasa. Yep. Um, frozen, frozen stuff at Hanamasa is a good deal. Like the, especially the, um, you can get mussels for about it's about 500 grams of mussels for about 250 yen. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah, it's, it's an awesome deal. So um, obviously a lot of that is water and um, you know and shells and stuff, but it's still plenty of uh, mussels in there. I mean, I've um, the the rest of my family don't like mussels very much. So usually when I make it, I eat the whole thing myself. <laughs> it's just massive. Well, actually, no, I can't get through it. It's um, it, I can get through about half of them, and I, I put the rest in the fridge for the next day. Yeah. So. Um, um, shall, uh, okay, should we keep going? Yeah, well, yeah. So, the other thing yeah. just to mention about Hanamasa is you've got to buy in bulk there to get the value. 
often the, um, as I think we mentioned before, you can end up paying over the odds if it's a smaller sized item. So look yeah, for buying try, try to, larger try items than a massa. Um, then you've got the uh, the standard cheapo supermarkets, uh, OK supermarket, Os Oseki. Oseki, yeah. Oseki. Oseki's good, yeah. Um, also, you've got um, some of the JA outlets. They're mm -hmm. the, um, there's some sort of farmer cooperative. Um, it's yep. a bit like buying direct from farmers. Uh, not so many in central Tokyo. You have to kind of venture a bit further out towards Saitama or um, suburban western Tokyo uh -huh. but um, that's a great place to pick up good quality off and also organic uh, fruit and veg for lower prices um, other than that if you're in central Tokyo there's a few farmers markets um, there's one outside the United Nations University every weekend I believe um, it's not particularly cheap but uh, it's not particularly cheap it's organic and remember we're talking yeah. about the cheapo gourmet and okay although gourmets right. are not necessarily going to be eating organic i'm sure there's some uh, poncy listeners like me who try and shop for organic well another poncy place is um arc hills there's a there's a farmer's market there as well on, yeah. uh, on the weekend so um yeah they have some rather i guess they have you know organic vegetables and, and things there as well Splendid. Well, there's generally what to buy and where to buy it. And shall we now talk about what to do with it? Recipes, yes. Indeed. Let's, let's move on. Let's um, distribute our top personal cheapo uh, recipes. So uh, I'll start with a simple one. Um, broccoli soup. This is, um, I've kind of semi-lived off broccoli soup because it's so cheap. Although, in fact, broccoli isn't that cheap in Japan. Um, but making broccoli soup is very cheap because all you need is some broccoli. <laughs> right. Basically, if you just steam a head of broccoli um, or boil a head of broccoli with some uh, consomme uh, or stock, um, mm -hmm. you can get the uh, Ajinomoto beef consomme. Or, okay. um, or if you're wanting to splash out, you can get some, some of the European stocks. Um, but I found like um, beef stock goes well with this broccoli soup. So just a little bit of broccoli, uh, a head of broccoli and a little bit of stock. Boil it up and then after 5-10 minutes when the broccoli is tender, blend it up and it's a nice, simple, nutritious soup. Um, for a little bit of variation, you can saute a little bit of garlic before you um, put the broccoli in. Um, but um, it's dead simple, just fresh broccoli stock and blend it up. So it sounds like you could put, probably put that in the fridge and, and uh, eat it cold. Indeed. It works yeah. uh, as soup for the whole week. Don't yeah. leave it on the top with the lid over, though, because it will um, ferment. You have to, oh, nice. You have to refrigerate Alcoholic it. soup. So um, how about your uh, mussels? Ah, yes. Yes. So, yeah, using the, uh, the, the 250 yen mussels I mentioned before, basically what you do is you... Um, you throw the mussels in with, oh, actually, sorry, I should say in order. First, you, um, you slice some garlic and onions, basically just uh, saute that, throw the, uh, the mussels in, and mix it in with some, um, if, whatever's kind of seasonal and cheap, like uh, courgettes, eggplant, that kind of thing. And then throw your mussels in there, um, a can of, uh, can of tomatoes, um, spice it with some um, 
uh, see, some oregano, some thyme, something like that. Maybe a bit of uh, chili. And um, yeah, it tastes awesome. It's, um, uh, you know, you, you can feed about four people with that. And I guess probably come to about 600 yen, 700 yen. Nice. Do you put the mussels yeah. in whole? Yeah, yeah, put them in whole. Um, obviously, you know, just normal way to cook mussels. If they, um, if they don't open, throw them away. So, yeah. Cool. Um, All right, well, from mussels to uh, sashimi, another one of my favorites from OK Supermarket. They have, um, I forget what it's called, something kitty, but basically offcuts of sashimi. It will be real nice, high-grade fish, but because it's misshapen, they can't sell it as the normal, um, nice, pretty sashimi. So you get it um, much cheaper. So I'd buy a, a pack of that, an avocado, and some cress. And um, nice and simple, you just mix it all up and eat it. <laughs> all right, okay. It's really good. Um, I, in one of my favorite little cafes in Nakameguro, they used to have a tuna and avocado donburi. Mm -hmm. And um, this is basically the same thing, but without the rice. So sashimi, tuna sashimi, avocado, and then some cress. So, you know, avocado into large chunks and the cress just chopped up and it's really nice. Talking, talking of sashimi, I mean, um, sushi is another one, like uh, just homemade sushi. Um, the ingredients are actually really cheap. Like, so if you can get something like those, those sashimi offcuts, um, you've got your nori, which is dirt cheap, and then rice and the, the vinegar. Um, and a lot of people kind of don't bother with sushi because they think you have to like make it properly, like you know, get the like the roll and roll out the sushi and all that kind of stuff. But um, you don't have to do that. You basically just make it like a sushi sandwich. So what you do is <laughs> just get a a uh, big bit of nori in your hand and you, you throw the rice on top, um, and you know you you, um, you roll it up like an ice cream cone, and it's uh, it's awesome and it's it's really cheap. Temaki sushi. That's right. Hand sushi. rolled sushi. Yep. So yeah, it's like an ice cream cone of sushi. Yep. Ugly as hell, but I mean, you know, it's really easy it to do. It tastes um, good. To do. Yeah, you know, that's what it's about. The freshest fish, the rice is cooked properly. Mm. Maybe yep. doesn't look professional, but it still tastes nice. Uh, and the good, yeah, it's, it's easy to prepare. That's the main thing. So you just, you know, throw it on the table and everyone makes their own. So, you know, it's uh, good for a party. Yeah. Okay, and the final recipe is uh, one of my favorites, lemon chili prawns. Prawns I've always found, or shrimps. Um, you say shrimps in uh, New Zealand? Uh, yes, prawns, ebi. Prawns, yeah. So depending on where you're from, shrimps or prawns. Anyway, they're always nice and cheap, I find. Um, even in the Ponzi supermarkets, the prawns are low priced. So, um, uh, this one's real simple, real simple. So buy a pack of prawns um, from OK Supermarket or somewhere more fancy if you're um, unfortunate enough not to live next to an OK Supermarket. And um, meanwhile, you mash up some garlic, chop up some chilies, so maybe a couple of cloves of garlic and um, one chili, um, depending on how hot you like it. And then you grate a bit of lemon rind and squeeze half a lemon or quarter of a lemon. So you mix up this uh, chili, grated lemon rind and garlic and lemon juice 
So you've got a little sort of paste. Then you uh, heat up some olive oil, bung the prawns in till they've uh, changed colour because you're cooking raw prawns, so get raw prawns. Bung them in the olive oil till they pink, turn pink, and then just bung the uh, chilli, garlic, lemon paste in. Stir it around a bit, and um, within a couple of minutes, it's all ready for you to eat. And I can I can testify they're actually very good because I've, I've tasted your uh, your lemon prawns, lemon chilli yeah. prawns. So. Also salt and pepper to taste, obviously. Yep. But yeah, there's uh, our top cheapo, simple gourmet tips. I think we're going to have to write those out probably, aren't we? Somewhere. We could write them down. We, I mean, we and could the, maybe uh, start a recipe column. Put them in the podcast notes. Cheapo recipe column. Anyway, that brings us to the end of our episode this week. Um, uh, we've completely forgotten to do social media mentions, but... Um, Never mind. <laughs> we will next time. So talking of which, uh, don't forget to find us on Twitter, Tokyo Cheapo, and also our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Tokyo Cheapo. And, and Google Plus. We're very lonely on Google Plus, yeah. actually. I, mean, I didn't even know where friends. our Google Plus page was. Um, you can find it. You can find it from the site. I'm not sure the yeah. exact URL. I did but, find uh, it eventually. Anyway, well, okay. thanks for listening, guys. And... Uh, Look forward to having you next time. See you next time. Dates, dogs, cheap hotels, cheap holidays, cheap sumo, cheap salads. It's a kind of magic. Another amazing podcast magic production.